Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy. And today, two very, very, very special guests on the show. And it's me and Tommy. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. It certainly doesn't. Not at all. You know, if we if we ever have a uh, Patreon, I'm, every week I'm going to upload, like, Tommy trying to figure out the MacBook. <laughs> before we before we start yeah. recording the show yeah. like there's always like some now i'm with you because I, i've barely used them and when i do use them it's very confusing like you said it's just different enough to be annoying yeah it just gets me frustrated because it's like it should there's so many things that like so literally today starting the program i'm like are, i'm opening everything setting levels for stuff just making sure everything's kind of like running and all of a sudden in the background i hear <laughs> and it's clearly <laughs> me laughing i'm like i didn't know if it was like a new like napalm death thing that you were doing to me you were like let's just play tommy's chuckle in the background what i realized is when i went to go trash the files from last week i fucking opened them but they don't open in audacity where they came from they open in fucking itunes so it's in the background just running and it's only my track so it's literally just like dead silence and then <laughs> and then oh yeah uh-huh yeah like jesus like i i'm like looking all over the place to find a goddamn thing i couldn't find it so i finally figured it out though yeah, you were like, oh, there's a track of me laughing. And I was like, what's he talking about? I'm not doing that. I really thought you were for a sec. I, I thought it was the new Napalm death. It was like, we're just going to subtly fuck with Tommy by playing <laughs> <laughs> fucking noises in the background. When you're talking now, do you get nervous about the Napalm death button? Like, do you, are you like anticipating it? I, I, I do when I uh, don't know what I'm going to say next. Like, when I'm kind of like making it up on the fly, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get Napalm death in the middle of this. <laughs> So you know when you're doing that? Oh, 100%. Because I'll start talking, and then I'm like, I, I have an idea of what I want to say, but I don't know how I'm going to say it, and I just start kind of making it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking, we need to get Kelly, your wife, on the show at some point. There's a lot of questions I want to ask her about you. I'm, oh, I'm interested in things from her. I'm interested in things from her perspective. I'm sure she would do it. Yeah. We're going to have to set that up. They're, this week's going to be messed up, though, because they're, they're both on. The kids are on spring break, so they don't have school this whole week, which kind of I always think is weird and doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Because it's like the week before. So, like, you go celebrate Easter Sunday, and then you have, the, you have school the next day. My school does it right. Like, I'm off Good Friday, and then the whole next week. Public schools don't recognize Easter, do they? Oh, yeah. 
Well, they celebrate it. I mean, they at least give it, they call it spring break. Oh, that's why it's called spring break. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, we didn't get spring break. Yeah, no, that's... But it, we were in Catholic school. Yeah. And I also, I mean, did you have any of those weird holidays off that you were like, why do we have this off? Remember one of them was like December something? It was December 8th, and it was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. I'm like, why do we have off for this? <laughs> it's like, this is the fucking weirdest thing in the world. Like, we don't even go to church that day. Like, it's just, you know. I don't remember that one, but it, I would not be questioning any days off. I can tell you that much. I just always thought about it as like the more we were out of school during the school year, the longer the school was into summer. You thought that far ahead? Oh, yeah. I, that's my my biggest thing was like, when's the last? My first day of school, when they gave us the school calendar, I always just flipped to the last page and went, when's the last day of school? I couldn't wait to get done. Yeah, I mean, same here, but I wasn't thinking strategically like, oh, if we're in school X amount of days, we're going to have to make it up at the end of the year. I I wouldn't even be able to comprehend that. I think, well, I maybe part of it was my mom was the head secretary at a school for like a decade or so. You have insider information. Yeah, and I always used to hear my mom complain about like, hey, this holiday goes too long, therefore we're going to have to add days on at the end of the year or snow days like if there was too many snow days and they keep adding the days it was just like dude i don't want this time off i want to get out of school earlier well listen we're here on a monday evening it's getting warmer it's getting light out longer that's nice and uh we're enjoying the show we're enjoying doing this we've had some great guests as of late We've got even more great guests coming up. I'm asking a lot of bands. Now, I haven't heard from all of them, but I'm asking a lot of people, and you can expect some more big things in the future. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited just because uh, it's always kind of like a cool surprise like during the week because you'll like be like, hey, I, I started texting with so-and-so. And then it's like, let's see if this pans out. Let's see if this turns yeah. into, like, who is this going to be? Because, like, you know, sometimes it's just a band, and it's like, you know, are we going to have three of the people on? Like when we had like the dudes from, uh, what was that? Respire. Yes. The two guys. Well, that's what I say. I say we can have one and up to two. Any more than two and it gets too messy. Yeah. And I think it's too hard, especially without the visual component. Yes. To figure out who's talking next. Yes. If we're ever big time, we'll have whole bands on with, with there's video and, you know, a production staff and all that. No, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'd like to... I think the whole point of this thing now, at least, is I really like to get to know the people we're talking to. Yeah. And it's too hard to do it with more than one person, because you're like, now you, now you, now yeah. you, you know what I mean? But two is is just the right amount. Well, because then you can cycle through the same type of questions of like, okay, so how did you get to the scene? Like that kind of thing. Like what, like, what brought you to this type of music? What were the first bands you were into? If you have four people answering that same question, by the third dude, you're like, shut up. We got it. <laughs> you guys are all from South Carolina. Okay, keep it. Like, let's keep it moving. Stop. I was a dude and I was skateboarding and <laughs> I just, <laughs> that was what uh, Jamie from There Were Wires said. Yeah. Like every single story is, uh, I was skateboarding. I met these dudes. They were into punk rock. Ergo, I'm into punk rock. So what's going on with you? Not much. Getting prepped up to take spring break. We are actually going to spend Easter weekend down the shore. So we're going to go to- Which one? Sea Isle. Uh, Sea Isle City, New Jersey. 
Isn't that the dry town? No, that's uh, Ocean City. I see. Ocean City is the really good one with a really good boardwalk. Like it's Ocean City and then Wildwood both have really good boardwalks. I only like the Wildwood boardwalk. I think that's as good as it gets. I liked Wildwood boardwalk when I was a teenager. I yeah. liked Ocean City boardwalk when I was a little kid because there's lots of like there's like you know the one whole end. It's just like kitty rides. And like, you know, the, you know, goofy, like kind of like almost carnival like stuff. Like they have that shooting gallery where like the guns are like, uh, like a, they shoot out like a light sensor. And if you hit the things in the shooting gallery, it like lights up a guy or like the skeleton starts dancing, but it's, you know, it's a real, I, I just have fond memories of going there with my sisters and like, you know, going on rides and stuff like that. But, you know, I saw a story the other day, I think like a, a good chunk of that, the ride section, like actually burned. So I don't even know if it's going to open this summer. Do you remember Dracula's castle on the Wildwood Boardwalk? Yes. That thing was impressive to look at. Oh, and yeah. it was huge and scary and menacing. And I think I was scared to go into it until I was like 12 or 13 years old. And it burned down. And I read this whole article on it. And apparently it's really, really hard to get the zoning to make a proper haunted house. And that one was gigantic and had different rooms and a separate boat ride. And now it's gone. Yeah. It's a shame. I really, my kids like the shore for a reason that you would really uh, kind of like jive with. They love the arcade. They, yes, they love, there's a place in sea isle next to the Acme called fun town. And they have a whole row. Like, like my one daughter's obsessed with pinball. Like she really likes pinball. Uh, my other daughter really likes the kind of like, you know, those games where you like sit on like, like it's like the, the top part of a motorcycle mm-hmm. and you lean like the motorcycle to actually turn on the game. She loves those games. Like any yeah. of the driving games she like. So the arcade for us is like a, a three and a half hour ordeal. Like it's going in there playing games for forever. Then they halfway through realize like, Oh fuck, I need to get tickets if I want to get something when I leave. And we've actually talked to them recently about like, don't, don't collect tickets anymore. <laughs> Like, it's it's really stupid. Like, whatever you want that you see on the shelf, tell me, and I can order it from Amazon, and it can be here in 24 hours, and it's a third of the price. You know that's not the same, though. You have to earn it. You're Tommy-ing, you're Tommy-ing their experience. <laughs> well, look, I got to temper reality with a little bit of, like, some solid economics. These kids are going to grow up not wasting their money. That's good, because I've grew up wasting all my money all the time. I never had whatever gene it is you have that makes you conscious of what you're spending and saving. So I don't even know really where that came from because I know my mother is really bad with money. <laughs> she And it, it's not that she's... It, okay, let me put it this way. My mother would do stuff like, oh, it's your birthday. I'm like, okay, what do you want? Because it was never like... I'm going to get you a birthday present. Like my mom was big into you tell me the one big thing you want for Christmas or your birthday. And I will get that for you. I'm like, okay, I want super Mario three. Okay. Get done. But then my mom would do stuff like she would buy like three things that were like kind of related to it. Like remember one year for Christmas, she got me a Nintendo game that I wanted. And I don't know. Honestly, I can't believe I can't remember what it, what it was. But then she got me that, do you remember the, uh, it was a controller that looked like an arcade joystick. 
The NES Advantage. There you go. And it had the turbo buttons at the top that you could adjust. Very, very fun. But in my head, I'm going like, I didn't ask for this. And it was like another, like, what? how much do you think that was? Like another $60 or $70 or something like that. And there was yeah. like three other things like that. And in my head, I'm going like, my mom's by herself. It's a single income. Like my mom's only making the money enough for like from her. And she's, you know, she either worked as a school secretary and then, you know, at the prison. So like in my head, I, I, even as a kid, like at nine, 10, 11 years old, when I started kind of figuring out, like, I'm like, why do we, why, why does she go crazy with stuff like this? And I think a large part of it was always like, my mom didn't care about saving money. Like whatever you got in terms of like paycheck, it was like, mm-hmm. live it up right now because shit, you might die tomorrow. And I think a lot wow. of that came from my father passing away so early and so suddenly. My mom was like, who gives a shit? Like you might, you might be, you know, my father was 41 years old when he died. Like my mom's like, what the fuck? Why are we going to scrimp and save to do what? So we can all, you know, get buried with some cash. Get the fuck out of here. Buy the kids some Nintendo games. I like that. It's not a bad way to live, but at the same time, if you do end up living really long, it's it's a hard road <laughs> because you, yeah, you're, you're poor for the rest of forever. <laughs> so you're approaching forty one. Do you have weird feelings around that because that's how old your dad was when he passed? Yo, so this is actually I'm really glad you brought this up. I made this joke a while ago. Just to, you know how you know my sense of humor is pretty dark with stuff like this. I think it was my 36th birthday or 37th birthday. I don't recall which one it was, but uh, we were out to dinner, Kelly and I. We had just like, you know, had gotten someone to watch the girls and we were out to dinner. And I remember Kelly started crying at dinner because I made the joke. I was like, oh, it's my 36th birthday. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I was like, you know, on my dad's timeline, I only got like five more years. So you (laughs) have to put up with me for a little bit longer and she she got really upset (laughs) it's like oh man in my head i thought it was funny as like kind of like you know gallows humor like dark shit like right it was kind of funny but like she really took it to heart of like like look what if you die like i'm gonna be fucking sitting here by myself with these three kids in this house and a mortgage i can't afford like don't joke about shit like that like it's not funny because your mom had to legitimately live through that and somehow you've made this into a joke and i'm like yeah maybe it's time to take a step back and kind of reanalyze what i think is actually important because that type of joke i thought was in the moment i thought was really funny and it what it ended up really doing was hurting her feelings and on top of that kind of re like putting that thought in her head like he might be dead soon and i'm like look i take care of myself i eat healthy i stay relatively stress-free like I think I'm going to be all right. But just to even kind of put that thought in her head, I was like, I felt guilty about that. And to this day, I have not made a joke about that uh, yeah. since that, since that dinner. I, like I, cause I recall vividly sitting there and the lady came over with the, you know, the waitress came over with the check and she was like, looked at her and she's like, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think, uh, I think a lot of people who experience death in their family or otherwise go through that. I know my dad did about his dad. I know with my older brother who died, I always thought I was going to die young or that I was supposed to, something like that. It sounds like you've gone through that too. Uh, I know I know plenty of examples where people have gone through that type of thing. And, oh, yeah, and the whole, like, making dark jokes thing, I used to do that a lot too. And 
I notice my family does it a lot. I think it's just because everyone drinks a lot and, you know, your inhibitions go down and everyone just starts firing off insults and jokes. That he, well, people, no, here's what happens. People get drunk. They say what they think. Yeah. And then when you get offended, they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. I was only joking. <laughs> yeah, so you you just, you basically get drunk and just tell the truth, and then when you tell too much truth, you say, I was just kidding. Yeah. And listen, I used to do that as well, but since I'm never drunk anymore, <laughs> I have my faculties about me, so I, I yeah. know when to pick my moments to make a weird joke or not, and it's not just all the time anymore. Because I used to do it too. I used to feel the need to be funny all the time or make jokes all the time. I don't know. I guess because I felt like I needed to be liked all the time. Something like that, you know? Yeah. I actually think a lot of why I joke about, like especially death and dark stuff, is that there's there's part of it that's like, it's terrifying because it, it really is like, it's a genetic thing. I could get cancer at any point in time and be dead. So why not make light of it to kind of ease the mood like all right well it is really serious let's make a joke to kind of like you know bring it back a little bit uh, yeah i think the other part really comes down to in i always think about with joking about things that are really serious it it tends to kind of take the power away from it if i can laugh at it even if it's for a split second that makes me laugh like even for that moment like that's good like i can go with that like i was thinking about this someone texted me a mutual friend of ours texted me and said hey i'm going to this cemetery and i'm trying to find uh this specific grave of this person and they texted me and i was like why are you texting me about this and he's like oh i just figured like you know how to go because like you have to go like you go when you you go visit your dad and your uncle and i was like yeah oddly enough my dad's buried in the same place every week <laughs> and they wrote oh. back to they wrote back to me like yeah, that's fucking dark, man. And I was like, I, sorry. Like, I, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's part of that's like, you, you kind of do it just to like, take the power away from it. But there's also like a real kind of like. Shouldn't you be happy that someone thought of you and wanted to connect with you on that? Yeah. And then there's the nervousness of like, I don't, I don't know how to, f I know how to find my dad's grave because it's right near a big statue. Like, that's What's it. What's the statue of? Jesus with little children, which is <laughs> really awful because the row behind. So my father died in 1987. My uncle, my mother's younger brother, he died in 1988. So they died less than a year apart from each other. And when my father died, my uncle came and kind of stepped in as like, I'm going to help out with the house. So any like chores that needed to be done, like, you know, a door needed to get hung or the garage needed to get painted. My uncle came over and did it. And he was a public school teacher in North Philadelphia and he went to bed one night and never woke up. He said, you know, he was like, Oh, I don't feel well. I'm going to go lay down. And so my mother woke up to a phone call hearing that her younger brother who they were only, they were only 11 months apart, uh, had just died when she had, you know, literally buried her husband nine months prior. So, Ooh. uh, it's really sad because they're they're buried uh, not directly next to each other, but like my dad. If you're looking at my father's headstone, the one directly behind it and to the right is my uncle Johnny, and it's really sad when I go there because 
the row behind where my father is. So if I'm looking at my father's gravestone, the row behind me are all children that are buried there. That's why the statue of Jesus. And I actually even remember when I was little, I was like, mommy, why is that statue here? And she's like, cause this is where they bury all the kids. And I was like, Oh my God, oh, <laughs> Jesus <no>. Christ. <laughs> like, well, we're going to, we're going to shift topics. Yeah, now. Shift gears. Can we talk? about um, some <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Good. You know, it's, you still worry me. I still worry you. You do. Why? Cause you just, I, you have this thing where you internalize stuff and you, you, you don't, I've said to you multiple times, call me, we'll talk about it if you're having a hard time and you haven't. So I'm like, he's got to be doing all right. But then there's times where I'm like, it, it, it has to weigh heavy on you sometimes because you get those moments where you're like, you remember things and you're like, fuck, like, I don't like that. You know what it is? I'm going to open up right now. Go. I, I, the particular brand of support that I'm involved in, Mm -hmm. you know, related to, related to getting off drugs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm on the phone with a lot of people all the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I forget to call like friends who aren't involved with all that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So it's like, you know, with everything that's going on, I've already talked to about eight different people. Yeah. So by the time I cycle back around, it's like, and also I fall into the bad habit of just talking to you on here. I mean, in depth, not yeah. just texting. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to call you to have a non podcast conversation about everything. <laughs> I actually, you know, it was funny. Our, our mutual friend, Pat McCormick texted me, uh, Saturday. Yeah. And he was asking about, you know, how do I get, uh, the, sh- the COVID vaccine. He goes, I just got an email from Bucks County. It looks real. Cr- it looks super fishy. I don't know if you got yours through work or how it worked. And I was like, you know what? I did get mine through work, but my mother got hers through the County. I emailed my mom or I texted my mom. She forwarded me the email and I was able to actually correspond with him really quickly and be like, yep, I just opened it. This is what the page should look like. And I sent him a screenshot of it. He's like, yep, that's what I'm seeing. He's like, I just didn't want to fucking put all my info in. And the next thing you know, someone's got control of my Venmo or something like that, you know? Yeah. But it was like, we, I I ever, I, I I hardly ever communicate with anybody now. And it's, it's kind of. Yeah. I communicate with a lot of people. So it's like. I'm like spent. It's hard for me to talk to people to begin with because I get exasperated, really drained really easily. Yeah. And then I need to like go back home and recharge by myself. But I'm getting, I'm still getting used to being single. Mm-hmm. It, it's odd. It's odd. I have not talked to my ex at all. So that's, that's odd as well. I guess there will have to be a conversation at some point. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm keeping myself busy. I have enough to keep me occupied. This podcast, various other things I'm involved with. You know what brings me the most joy? What's that? And this this is kind of funny, but when I play Call of Duty Warzone and I win, I that that brings me the most joy out of anything I do. It can could All right. <laughs> I, I don't know and so how many people are playing when you go into a room, how many people are playing? I have other people I play with. It's usually around 150 people. Holy shit. Yeah, I have a group of three or four guys I play with, but the most satisfying is when I do a solos match. Saturday, I won me versus 148 other people, and I I won. I was the 
Soul Survivor. I guess it's like a survival competition, me versus everyone and I win type of thing. Gotcha. I'm into that. That means I I, I just uh, I always like those games. Well, you and I have talked about this before, but I always when that first like Duke Nukem and Doom and Quake came out, I yeah. really I love those games. Uh, I I really enjoyed them. But when it got to PlayStation Two and like uh, any of the kind of more advanced consoles after that, I just I just never got into it, and I, I, it was always seemingly like I don't know. I just always felt like I was going to be like you know I'm going to play that game. And I'm just going to get destroyed every single time I play because I I wouldn't be able to dedicate enough time to it to get good at it. Yeah, you have to. I That's what happened to me. That's what still happens to me. But I've dedicated a lot of time and effort into learning and getting better because I have the time. Yeah. I didn't always have the time. And there was many years where I didn't play any games anymore. Pretty much 2003 until, I don't know, 2014. I didn't play any games at all, but... Mike Golan gave me an Xbox that got banned from the Xbox network, and that's how I kind of started getting into this whole thing again. And, you know, then around 2017, I guess it picked up more. But it's a it's a nice way to kill the time. It's a nice shutting off your brain activity. Gotcha. And, and I still feel like I'm doing something. Like, I need to feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. I, that's why I barely watch any TV or movies anymore, because I can't just sit there looking at something i have to be involved somehow you know what i'm saying i got you there has to be some there there's got to be a participation aspect you can't be like just a viewer of something yeah like when i even when i play online games with other people i'm like oh this is cool but if i'm playing a by myself where it's not there's not a social aspect it's like i don't know it's not as good do you wear like a, when you do the thing? Do you like wear a headset and like communicate with the other people on your team and be like, "All right, I'm on this oh, side." Yeah. You're that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot of strategic elements to it, and I I love it. And then there's like the new guns come out, and you got to level up those guns, and then you know the streamers tell you which ones to get. It's a it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, and I love it. But what else is going on? I want to move later this year when my lease is up. That's good. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Same neighborhood. Okay. I'm done with basements. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. I always think about that. Like when uh, I think about like New York City, I guess that's my thing is, is I don't, I don't have a real understanding of New York City real estate at all, obviously. Well, I don't... let me, uh, let me break it down for you. You'll, you'll enjoy this. Let's go. Is it about money? Yes. Let's go. It's crazy. <laughs> like, Unless you have a lot of money and time, it's crazy. You have one month to do everything because rent is my rent's right. My rent now is two thousand dollars a month, right? Holy cow! If I want to move and not lose any money, I have to start looking the last month of my lease. Gotcha. Right? Because so that gives you thirty days to find a good place, pack everything up. And move it out so you don't end up paying like an extra 2000 moving into the other place. That's yeah. one aspect of it. And it's really hard to find a good apartment here. And you never know what you're walking into. Yeah. Howard Stern said this before. He's like, there should be a rule. When you move, you get to sleep in the apartment for three months or three nights there you go. before you decide if you're going to take it. And oh my God, I wish that was a reality because you don't, you don't know what you're walking into. The, the broker gets you in and out of there. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on above you, below you. 
And I moved in when I, I lived with roommates up until 2017. And then someone was stabbed to death right in front of our house. Holy shit. And that was like the last straw for everybody. Everybody moved out and I didn't feel like finding three new roommates. So I was with this girl. I was in this relationship at the time. And I, I, th- I would thought maybe we were going to move in together. So I moved into this Airbnb for a couple months while I was figuring stuff out. And I think the guy was a gambling addict. Okay. Because I, he would, he was, he was had a three bedroom. He had a three room apartment. He lived in the living room. He rented out the bedroom to me, and then he had someone else living downstairs. Okay. And stupid me, this is how dumb I used to be. I didn't even go check it out. I'm just like, oh, I'll just move in. It'll be fine. So I move in, and it's like me in the bedroom, this guy one wall over sleeping in the living room, and someone else downstairs who I never even saw. And I think I think he, he was up all night like on online gambling sites, Okay. and I would hear him puke. And then leave the house at four in the morning and then come back. And there was bottles of mouthwash. And I think I saw a couple of liquor bottles. So he was either an alcoholic or a gambling addict or both. I don't know what was going on. I didn't ask. Jesus. So the relationship ends. I get out of there. And I took the first apartment I saw. Bad, bad, bad move. Uh, if anyone's looking for an apartment in New York City or... Brooklyn, do not move in until unless everything works. I went and saw this apartment, and the heat was not working. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be turned on on this date. And I was like, cool, send me an email verifying the date that everything's going to be turned on, and I'll sign. And I did. Guess how long I lived in the apartment? Uh, 30 days. 10 months. Jeez. Guess how long the apartment did not have heat? 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> No heat, no gas. Oh, and guess how many guess how many months I did not pay rent? Six. Ten months. You didn't pay at all? No, he sued me. And uh, <laughs> I remember this now. I totally yeah, remember. I, you called me from court one day. You were like, I'm outside the courthouse. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I he sued me. I showed up in court, but I had already moved out. So he dropped the case. But I was like so vengeful back then. I was like, I'm gonna sue him. And get my money back for the deposit and everything else and the moving fees and all that. So I went through all the trouble of, you know, getting him served and all this stuff, filing the paperwork, going to court over and over again, figuring this stuff out and getting it. And I finally got the case on the docket. And then I was like, hold on a second. I didn't pay rent for 10 months. (laughs) Sixteen hundred dollars a month at ten months, and I'm arguing over the other four grand that this guy owes me. Yeah, and I never, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the rent money in escrow, which you're supposed to do. Oh yeah, the money was long gone. Like what? Like what? What if somehow this judge says I have to pay this guy a percentage? (laughs) I'm off, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I, I just, I messaged the guy. I was like, hey. I'm not going to show up to the case, and when I don't show up, they dismiss it, so what's done is done. It's over. There you go. And that was it. And then I moved into another place. It was okay, the apartment. And I moved in, and I'm like, okay, top floor, great, there won't be any noise, you know, fine. Uh, I get up that first night there, 
to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It is a cockroach under the entertainment center. It runs away. I see two that night. And I, I start seeing them every day. I mean, every day in the apartment. I see them outside in the hallway. Ugh. I see them in the little foyer where you walk in and the mailboxes are. Ugh, and dude. and I'm like nice at first texting the landlord and I'm like, hey, uh, saw some roaches. What can we do about it? And he's like, there are no roaches. And I was like, okay, well, I did see them. And so it basically kept escalating. He told me I must have brought them with me when I moved. Oh, yeah. That's what I this do. Is, yeah, this is the level of craziness we're dealing with. So anyway, long story short, we kept arguing back and forth. He wouldn't do anything. I called 311 to come in and do an inspection. And then after three months in that place, he asked me to move out, which I was happy to because I'm terrified of cockroaches. I, If I see one, I, I can't function right for days. Like, I have shoes on. I leave lights on. It's a whole thing. Oh, I, dude, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I, I didn't. I never cooked in that house. I, I never, you know, food was always, like, eaten right away and then secured in bags. The lights, all the lights were on 24 hours a day. I slept with shoes on, Ugh, uh, with dude. all the lights on. It, it was a whole thing for three months, and then I got out of there, and then I moved into the place I'm in now, which is good. Everything's good. I like the people who live upstairs, but it's just, you know it's like a basement apartment, yeah. and there's no soundproofing, Ugh. so I, I hear everything That's all so day long, all day long, and it's it can be troublesome, but. I got a promotion now. I'm ready to to take the next step later this year. Good for you, man. Yeah, I've yeah. I've heard horror stories of like forget uh it was one of Kelly's friends from uh from high school uh bought a house. Uh they had moved re- relocated because of her husband's job uh somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say Indiana and yeah. they saw the house like three times, three separate times, but the real estate the the agent was like very particular about hey we're gonna have to come at this time yeah and would like rush them through the house and rush them out and Ooh, they were, that's a bad sign right there yeah and they went against their better judgment and they were like oh we really like the house we love the neighborhood it was really close to like a park and the school the kids were gonna go to so they bought the house when they moved in the first night um they found out that their house was directly over the flight path of the airport, which was less than two miles away. So oh. it was to the point where like it, it shook the, it like rattled the whole house in the middle at like three o'clock in the morning, you know, like when two planes are landing and be like, like shake the whole fucking place. <laughs> and the funny part is, is like, they still live there. I was like, Oh, did they ever move out of that place? She's like, no, she's like, they love that house. I'm like, yeah, but like, I guess that's one of those things you just get used to. But, Could you get used to that? I don't know. I'm pretty sensitive to noise. So my my grandfather's house was on William Street in um, Ben Salem. And William Street yeah. was the one that backed up to 95. So my grandfather's backyard, you know, the big wall on the side of 95, those like, you know, concrete things they have to kind of like keep the noise out. Um, yeah. they, that was in my grandfather's backyard. And I, I did stay there for, you know, a couple weeks in the summer usually because they had a nice – he had a above ground pool that was awesome. And my aunt would take me all these different places like down at the zoo and stuff. But I can say that 
hanging out in the backyard or hanging out in my grandfather's garage, you do actually get used to that noise. You do it. You start to kind of like zone it out. Um, yeah. The only thing that was kind of jarring was the um, the tractor trailer, like <laughs> like that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. You never got used to that. But the general like just whizzing by of traffic kind of becomes this white noise that you're able to deal with. It wasn't bad. Yeah, well, when I I'm going to take some extra time to look at a lot of places when the time comes and I know what to look for now. I open cabinets and look for roach traps. You know, I'm checking out the heat. I don't want any of those shitty wall units that do oh, yeah. heat and air conditioning because you end up paying all the electric for oh, yeah. air conditioning and heat. I want radiator heat because it 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 makes the apartment really hot in winter. Yep. And you don't pay. You like heat and hot water ends up being included for the apartment. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I go. I know what sites to go online now to check for liens against the house and all that type of stuff. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot to look at, and you don't want to settle. You don't want to rush through it, and you don't want to get taken advantage of. And it's really hard in this city. It's really hard, and it's really expensive. Oh, and the financial aspect of it, Tommy. I didn't even get to this. You usually pay. First month security and broker fee. You have to pay a broker here to get the good places. And that ends up being a percentage of the annual rent. So you're looking at anywhere from six to $8,000 just to move. Wow. And that does not include the movers, which is like another seven or $800, maybe $700. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So you basically have to have $10,000 ready to go. Yeah, and that's really not very easy for me. And it's such a gamble because you you pay all that money, and then you're stuck. You're pretty much stuck for a year. I rented uh, an apartment in college, and the the deal was it was a twin home. So it's like a regular big house split down the middle. The kid that lived next door to me played football. His name was, uh, his name was Anthony. And his father had purchased the building because he was like, look, my son's going to live there. All his fun, my son's friends are going to live there. Um, and I'm going to keep this house as kind of a rental property. Like, so even after my son graduates, I'll still be able to, you know, they lived in um, Long Island. So he was like, you know, I can travel out here a couple times a year just to do maintenance on the house. And uh, his father was a plumber by trade. So like he knew how to take care of everything in the house pretty much. And we signed the lease and the rent was $225 a month per person for the whole house. So mm-hmm. when we first started living there, it was me, my friend Paul. It was all a bunch of kids I played lacrosse with. Well, what ended up happening was one of the kids that signed the lease with us, his name was Pete. He came in. He was going to lift every day, like twice a day. And then one day we kind of were like, Pete, when do you when do your classes start? And he's like, oh, bro, I don't have to go to classes yet. We're like, oh, shit. Wait, how? Like, my classes started like 10 days ago. How the fuck are you not going to classes? He's like, oh, I got to get stuff figured out with my financial aid. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, what really had happened was he unenrolled in college and took the money that they had reimbursed into his account and was spending it. And we came home from lacrosse practice one day, his father and mother rented a U-Haul 
And without saying a word, he literally went upstairs and packed his whole room up. So we went from having four people living in this house to three people living in this house. Yeah. Come December, uh, my other roommate, the kid that was not my friend, Paul failed, I think four out of his five classes and was not eligible to play lacrosse. And he was like, well, if I'm not playing lacrosse here, I'm fucking quitting. So he quit school in January. So now there's my, my friend Paul and I living in this four bedroom house and still only paying $225 a month. And I remember his dad came over and was like, yo, you guys got to cough up the other shares, like for the people that aren't here. And this is my, like, I, I couldn't believe I had this thought, but I was like, well, let me go look at the lease real fast. Do we, are we really on the hook for this money? Yeah. When we looked at the lease, the lease basically said each tenant is responsible for their portion of the rent. So his father basically had to go and sue the other two kids. So we lived there the rest of the year, you know, paying $450 between the two of us every month. And uh, we had the whole house to ourselves, like full basement, uh, two giant living, like a giant living room and a dining room, huge kitchen, gigantic. My bedroom fit a full queen size bed in it and then like two dressers all my lacrosse stuff guitars like it was just it was a gigantic goddamn house and we had the whole place to ourselves so we constantly just threw parties at our house because people were like yo who lives here like paul and i like who else that's it (laughs) it's like this (laughs) fucking giant house and it was funny is uh that's when kelly and i my senior year uh well kelly senior year as well but uh that's when we got really serious so kelly ended up um, she had a roommate, but she ended up kind of living at our house probably four or five nights a week. She was staying at our house. Um, mm. so it was really nice was I'm a reformed, but I was a, a complete animal in college in terms of taking care of things and cleaning. I was just not, I, my, my, like Kelly would walk in there and immediately start like doing the wash, washing the dishes, mopping the floors. And I'm like, you don't have to do that shit. And she's like, yeah, here's the thing as I fucking have to do it because none of you do it. Like we had, (laughs) yeah, I, uh, I was, a I was a bad roommate. I was like the roommate you don't want. I didn't clean very much and I would have people over all the time. And like my, I would make the house, the after bar destination spot. Oh boy. And no one likes that. No, just think, let's just pop by my house with four really drunk people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the nightmare situation. I, uh, I really liked the apartment I had my junior year, but, uh, yeah, senior year we lived in that house. And I remember we had the, the kind of thing that got us in trouble with the neighborhood was we had a really big party and it was our house and the kids next door. So we all played lacrosse in our house and the next door neighbors were all football players. And I don't know where they got the idea from, but when they were at the beer distributor, they found out that the beer distributor sells those blocks of ice. Yeah. So they bought one of those gigantic blocks of ice and made an, you ever see the ice luge things? You just take oh yeah. A- I've partaken in those. So they just, you know, you take a Dremel tool and you cut a little path and we made these big pitchers of, you know, vodka and kamikazes and whiskey and all this shit. We, you know, spent a few hundred dollars at the state store and uh, we threw this party, but we put the ice luge in the kitchen, not thinking, well, this thing's going to fucking melt. So there's us with like 
a hundred people in our house and trying to get as many towels and old t-shirts and blankets out of our cars to mop up the floor because this thing was melting so fucking fast. It was literally like pouring water onto our floor. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then we had people, you know, cause it was a really big party and our house was a decent size, but it was nice out. So people were like in the backyard, which wasn't really a yard. It was kind of just like a muddy kind of spot. So people are walking in the mud into our house and tracking it through all this fucking water. It was like the whole first floor of our house was just fucked. And I remember I woke up the next morning and there was people, there were people everywhere. It looked like fucking Jonestown. Like there was just passed out people. It looked like corpses all over the fucking place. And I remember because I, I had to work that morning. I worked at a pizza place down like literally walking distance, about 10 houses away from us. So I walked to work and when I like, got into work my boss was like hey you all right and i was like yeah i'm just a little hungover sorry i had a party at my house last night and he's like oh did you hear like there's a bunch of people that were all up in arms like i guess you guys had a really big party because there's a bunch of neighbors that are like you know walking around trying to talk to people about getting you guys kicked out because they actually came here and i was like oh shit like fuck i don't remember any of it because again we're drinking straight liquor out of a fucking block of ice so i didn't realize it was going to be this bad but yeah that was the last real party we ever threw at that house because the neighborhood was actually not college kids it was regular people um yeah and they were just literally like i mean it was like the the same typical shit you see in movies like people throwing beer cans on their lawns fucking cigarette butts everywhere it was just it was it's a, like animal house in real life yeah it was just a it was a we were a nuisance we were a pain in the ass and then there's people like trying to like teach their kids how to ride a bike on a sidewalk and we're out front drinking on a you know saturday morning at nine like <laughs> not uh, college yeah you know how we often talk about the lasting legacy of Zayo and where blood and fire yeah. ring rest. Mm -hmm. I found a, a pretty good example of its influence. Are you ready for this? Go. Here's Zayo for fair desire. We all know this song. Oh yeah. We all love this song, right? Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We know this song. We love it. Now, are you ready for this? Yes. Ready? <laughs> Pretty similar, right? That's Poison the Well, 122393. Uh, yeah, Pretty close. It's pretty close. It's... <laughs> It's not as bad as the one. What was the one I pointed out that time? Oh, ministry and uh, Billy Club sandwich. <laughs> no, Tommy. We've Tommy. We've been over this. <laughs> ministry stole the riff from Billy Club sandwich, and that's earlier. it. A decade. Yeah, they had a time machine. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. Well, we're getting down to the last oh, yeah. ten minutes here, so let's talk about the show a little bit. We've got more great guests coming up. And we want to hear more from you, the listeners. So if you've ever been compelled to write in and let us know what you think about the show, do that. We'll share your feedback on the show. We've done it before, and we will do it again. 
And uh, we need more Apple Podcast reviews. If you like the show, give us five stars and write a nice little review. We'll read those, too. That helps us out somehow in the world of podcasting. And, you know, we want to continue growing this thing so that we can retire from our current jobs and just strictly become broadcasters. I actually, I was thinking about this. We've run this podcast. It's been a year. Yeah. I still really don't know how podcasts are rated, how people get, like, how they get, uh, like, I don't understand how people monetize them. <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this thing for a while. You have to get a lot of subscribers and a lot of views. So if we had, you know, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube, okay, we could monetize it. Okay. Or well, that... or if uh you know, if we were blowing up on Apple Podcasts and hundreds of thousands of people were listening, there would be people probably offering us contracts. So you got to bring in the audience, but this is how you do it, you know? You you stay consistent, you provide the finest podcasting quality week after week. Uh you continue seeping into the algorithms and putting hashtags on shit and we're out there. It takes a long time. I think of this like a band, really. Like, think about the a year in the life of a band, the first year in the life of a band. It takes so long. Oh, yeah. It just takes so long. Just years and years of VFW halls. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the VFW hall stage. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah. And I, for the amount of people that listen to each episode, I'm like, if I was in a band and that many people showed up to every show, I would be very happy. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that's actually a really good way of putting it, Keith, because I always think about this and I always go like, are are we doing the right thing? Like, are we, should we be like only doing one episode a month or should we be only doing, like, I don't, I don't know how this works. And it's like, then I see people on YouTube that I'm like, oh, this is great. Like these people have a podcast, right? Like, and yeah. then you see like, what was the one I was looking at? I forget the name of it, but it was one of those guys. He's like from the media lab at MIT. And it's like, they have like 70,000 subscribers. And that specific episode had like 400,000 views. I think because somebody had like Joe Rogan or somebody had retweeted like, Hey, check out this podcast. And it's like, yeah. Oh, like those dudes are like, blowing up but in my head i'm going like yeah they're also from like they're also geniuses from mit <laughs> i fucking know how this stuff works they're like actually i was thinking like professor frank like fucking like they know how like to set all this stuff up so that they are successful and then like they have I, people behind them promoting it if joe rogan retweeted us we would have a lot of listeners most people don't listen to every podcast every single week in general yeah you know what i mean i don't think i don't know i don't think most people listen to like every podcast every week i think it's kind of a oh this person is on i'm gonna check it out type of deal exactly yeah that's what i was like looking on youtube and the anthony green interview one of the i don't know if it's part one or part two has like 1200 views i was like yes that's pretty good i'm like that's good and then i like think like there's an audience of one song that has 55,000 views. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, but you have it, to remember, we're new. We've only been doing this just over a year. Yeah. So give it five years and, you know, there will be a, probably a lot more listeners. But if not, that's okay, too, because we're not, we're not doing this like, we're not really doing this with some big 
grand scheme in mind. You know what I mean? I just oh. thought it would be something cool to do to talk about music and connect with the artists that we love. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not thinking like, oh, Tommy and I are going to retire on the podcast. That just that doesn't happen. Oh, I, I don't think, yeah. In my head, I'm always like, this is just a really fun way to connect with musicians and hang out with my friend. Yeah, it's quite honestly, I would, I would prefer to be doing a band. You know, if we, if I yeah. lived near you and we could do a band, we, we'd probably be putting more energy into that. But this is less of a pain in the ass to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The other thing is, this involves no practice. There's no coordination of let's make sure it's just you and I. All right, get on at six o'clock on Monday night. The guest comes on at seven. We'll record until eight thirty, and then we'll finish up and be done by you know by ten o'clock. I'm in bed. Uh, yeah. You know, band, like, I always think about, like, being in a band, even now, it's it's an extremely expensive hobby. If you're yeah. not taking it really seriously, like, if you want nice equipment, a, a decent practice space, you know, recording, whatever it is, like, everything is literally thousands and thousands of dollars. Unless you have the equipment ready to go, it's a big financial investment. But listen, we want folks to continue listening to and enjoying us we want you to give us reviews on apple podcasts we'll read them here write us at northeastscene at gmail.com we have more great guests coming up well we're going to be here every week for the foreseeable future and also subscribe to us on youtube we could start monetizing that shit i just always think about um i don't know how i guess there's so many times, have you ever gone on YouTube and it's like, it, it just nails what you're looking for? Like the algorithm puts something up and you're like, holy shit, that's perfect. That's a great thing. Yeah, because it remembers your search history. I went to clear out my search history. I went to clear out my search history just because, and it was like, are you sure you'll lose all your recommendations? I was like, no, no, forget it. Yeah, I, I logged on the other day and one of the first things that came up was this old George Carlin bit that I hadn't seen in years. And I sat there and, and it was like, you know, seven minutes or something like that. And I sat there and watched it and I was like, how do they know that I wanted to watch this? And then like you said, all of the, you know, the, the videos that I previously watched in terms of my history and then my search history combined, like you get these things that you're like, wow, this is fucking awesome. But I can always tell when my daughters have been on my YouTube account, I get lots of magic videos now. <laughs> They're obsessed with magic tricks. And I'm like, if you're out there and you're a listener and you do magic, please don't take this personally. But magic is one of those things that I've seen in terms of the per the people that are attracted to learning magic are very solitary people. Because that, <laughs> that sleight of hand that you have to learn is you by yourself in front of a mirror for hours on end, right? Like days, weeks, yeah. months, perfecting the way it looks, the way, you know, what you're saying, how it's timed. It, it's now uh, magicians are going to show up at our door and punch us in the face. Like yeah, in uh, it's, it's, the Simpsons episode with the, <laughs> so you don't like the old time bikes, huh? <laughs> it's Billy club sandwich and magicians. Now those are going to beat me up. So to recap, Billy Club Sandwich wrote the riff, not Ministry, <laughs> and mu magicians are great. Yes, yes, yes. How are you, I, I keep thinking about how you're going to write the, like what we talked about this week. Keith talks about Tommy and Keith talk about real estate. 
I swear to God, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> dark humor. <laughs> we talk talk about uh, jokes about dying, and then New York real estate. <laughs> it's going to be a short description. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Next week we have an exciting guest who's been in many bands that you know and love, and uh, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to tease you a little bit. I've never done that before because I'd like it to be a surprise Monday morning to everybody. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So that's it. That's all we got. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next time.